You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 24th, the year 2020, and we're going to start today's show with a statement that I haven't said in a while, but it is still true, and I know many of you believe what I'm about to say. It's a great day to be a Buckeye, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on. Buckeye lined up for today. We will discuss and talk about Justin Fields, the things he has done well this year, and the things he can improve on. But we begin today's show talking about recruiting and talking about a player in the state of Texas that has decided to play his college ball in Columbus, Ohio, instead of Austin, Texas. That is correct. Mr. Caleb Burton, five-star recruit out of Delval, Texas. Hope I said that correctly. Six foot, 165 pound, number one wide receiver in the country has said, hey, I am committed. I want to be a Buckeye. And when on the surface you're saying, Jay, is it true? Are players not really wanting to play in Texas? Well, I haven't talked to them personally. I'm just going by their actions. Ohio State's already locked up the number one quarterback in the in the country who also is from the state of Texas. So maybe, just maybe, their actions are showing going to Columbus, Ohio is way better for them in their football career than any program in the state of Texas. Mr. Caleb Burton does a a lot of things well. He also chose to play at Ohio State over Alabama and over the school in Auburn as well. So, hey, you don't want to be a Tiger, don't want to be, don't want to play for the, the Crimson Tide, be a Buckeye. There's a great lineage of, of really good elite wide receiver play. Brian Hartline is not just a good recruiter, he is also an elite developer of players at the wide receiver position. Caleb Burton is going to be a phenomenal group, phenomenal uh, asset, not just to the 2022 recruiting class, but also a phenomenal asset and player once he starts playing in the shoe. When it comes to the class of 2022, this class is loaded and it's only going to get better. They already have the number one quarterback, number one wide receiver, and the number one outside linebacker in the class. Oh, one more thing. Also have the number two outside linebacker in the class as well. Quinn Ewers, a quarterback. Caleb Burton, a receiver. Gabe Powers, the outside linebacker, number one at that position. C.J. Hicks, the number two outside linebacker in the class. Then you have Desan McCullough, Jair Brown, Tegra Tushabala, Benji Gosnall, and Bennett Christian to round out the nine hard commits. Nothing set in stone. Nothing has been, they they are not able to sign just yet. But these players are phenomenal. Can't wait until they're playing in the shoot. And also, some of you may be thinking, when it comes to the wide receiver position, well, I think about a guy in Jackson Smith and Jigba who's on the field playing consistently every single game. Do the Buckeyes need all these receivers? Yes, they do. The 2020-2021 classes and then also the 2022 classes keep getting better and better and better. In the class of 2020, Ohio State are locked up the number one receiver, 
Julian Fleming, who's a Buckeye right now, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the number five receiver in that class, Gee Scott Jr., the number 10 receiver in the class, and then Mookie Cooper, the number 16 recruit pl or player in that class. So yes, 2021 is even better and nationally ranking. I believe in 2020, the Buckeyes as a whole in totality had the number five recruiting class in nationally in the year of 2020. When it came to the recruiting class in 2021, they're at number two so far. That could get better, but I'm pretty sure they'll be locked in at the number two spot. In the class of 2022, so far, they're at numero uno, the number one spot. That is correct. Ryan Day, he had big shoes to fill. Urban, a phenomenal recruiter. Urban, a guy that had a track record, a phenomenal track record of being able to bring in top recruits, no matter if he was at Utah, the best he could get there at Utah, or if he was at Florida or at Ohio State. Didn't matter. Urban, a phenomenal recruiter. Ryan Day and what he has going on at, in Columbus right now, taking it to another level. They got the number one receiver in the class of 2020. Also, there's a good shot they can get the number one receiver in the class of 2021 as well. Uh, Ameka Egbuka, I hope I said that correctly. He is a number one receiver in the class, hasn't committed anywhere just yet. But if they can lock up the number one receiver in the class of 2020, 2021, and 2022, that wide receiver room, oh my goodness, filled with talent. You think Alave and Wilson are phenomenal right now. Wait until next year and the year after that and the year after that. Not only do they have top receivers, they also have the top quarterbacks in the classes. And then also you're going to have Ryan Day and Brian Hartline developing those young players. Oh my goodness. This is going to be fun to watch. And the class of 2021, there's a potential of getting Emeka Egbuka, the number one receiver. But they have already locked up Jaden Ballard, number five receiver in the class. And then also... My favorite, Marvin Harrison Jr., number 16 receiver in that class as well. One thing about being a Buckeye, you expect that the recruiting will be at an all-time high. Maybe many of you and I didn't expect so many players from the state of Texas to decide to not play in Texas at any school in Texas, but to come and play other places, one of them being Columbus, Ohio, but with a track record that Ohio State has, with the players that Ohio State has, with Brian Hartline developing players the way that he is, it's almost to me, and to you it probably would be as well, a no-brainer to leave your home, leave the weather, leave the warmth of Texas, come on up to Columbus, baby, we got something special going on up here, and the Buckeyes want you to be a part of it. Let's step away really quickly. When we come back, we will start our discussion about Justin Fields and how he has played to this point in the season. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on. 24-7. Well, there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Watching football is 
Therapeutic Defense. It is uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's literally made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we begin our discussion about Justin Fields, let's look ahead to see what's coming throughout the rest of the week. On tomorrow, normally it's Beat Rider Wednesday. I'm trying to name every day of the show. But tomorrow's going to be Basketball Wednesday as tomorrow is the day the Buckeyes basketball team begins their season. There will be no show on Thursday. And then on Friday, we do our typical preview of the upcoming matchup this weekend. It is the Buckeyes versus the Illinois Fighting Illini. Going into the season, many people, myself and you as well, probably said Justin Fields will be in the Heisman Trophy conversation. Here on the podcast, once I came across the USA Today Heisman survey, we talked about that here on the podcast, and I gave my reason as to why I do not think that Justin Fields will win the Heisman Trophy. However, I did say he would have to put up monster numbers like he had done after game number one and game number two to continue to be in that conversation with him already being at a disadvantage based off the amount of games that he is going to play this season. And this even came before, that statement that I made came before the cancellation of the Maryland game. But with Justin Fields in his play, there are some things that he has done this year that have been seen in his game all the time. Going back to last year and even this year, they've always been there. There have been things, things with Justin Fields that he has done that he does very, very well. Some of those things that he does that are kind of head scratchers, that are kind of things that you wonder why he is making that move, he holds on to the ball for a very long time. And I remember I talked about it on the podcast, not sure how recent it was, but I remember last year when I watched Justin Fields play, I saw him play twice. Once in Bloomington, Indiana, when they beat the Hoosiers pretty bad. The other time was at the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis, Indiana, against those Badgers from Wisconsin. And in both games, he holds on to the ball. I don't know if it's an uncertainty with himself to say, I don't trust my arm. I don't know if it's an uncertainty or cautiousness based off what the defense is throwing at him. I don't know if he doesn't trust his receiver. It could be something else as well. I'm not sure what it is, but what I do know is Justin Fields holds on to the ball way too long. And there are times that when he does it, he excels. We saw it last year, hold on to the ball for a half second or three, four, three, uh, three quarters of a second too long. He can still get the ball off. He can still get the ball to his receiver for a big gain consistently. Boom, boom, boom. 
He has been able to do that consistently last year and this year. Take the Indiana game aside, Justin Fields holding on to the ball for a long time, for the most part, hasn't hurt him in the way that it does other quarterbacks. What else does he do? Now, this is, does he do? Now, this is something that I have noticed every game this season, and maybe it's because I'm looking a little bit closer than I did last year. This young man does not want to throw the ball away at all. There were numerous times, and I do believe that Indiana defensive coordinator got this off of Rutgers, seeing that, oh, the interior of the offensive line, if you have an A-gap blitz, they struggle. They get confused, and their communication is, is bad. It's off. Shoulders get turned. Feet get turned. Your your hips get turned. Hands are, hands are out of place. There are things that go on with the D-line that hurt them when it comes to the A-gap blitz. So what did the IU D coordinator do? He said, okay, cool. I won't do a single A-gap blitz. I won't do a double A-gap blitz. How about we do a triple A-gap blitz? Now, I'm just saying, there are two A-gaps. You're bringing in two LBs, the two inside linebackers that are right there, and you're bringing in the safety from the back part of the defense. The safety coming in, he can decide if he wants to go straight, if he wants to go left, if he wants to go right. And he has the ability to see where the hole is based off what the interior of the offensive line is able to do in regards to picking up the blitz, and the safety can decide where to go. Why did this hurt Justin Fields in the O-line so much? Not just because of the issues of the offensive line. And early in the game, the running backs weren't picking this up as well as they did late in the game. But it hurt Justin Fields because there were times he got hit, he got rocks, he spun out of the tackle, but he wouldn't throw the ball away. There were numerous times in this game the secondary of the Hoosiers was phenomenal. There were numerous times they locked up everybody that was out there running a route, and there was no, no one to throw the ball to. What did Justin Fields want to do? Another thing that he does consistently, he constantly fights for extra yardage. Now, if he were a running back, a Trey Sermon, or Master Teague, that's expected. That's acceptable because that's their job. <laughs> that is their job. When it comes to Justin Fields, not just when it were the triple A, triple A gap blitzes. Now, you may say, Jay, Jay, how common is that? Not very common at all. It's not. You'll, you may get a double A gap blitz. You may get a, a delayed blitz. Or you may get a looping defensive end coming from the outside all the way into the inside. You may get things like that to bring some pressure up the middle. You may get guys up the middle, D tackles, that are disruptors, a Tommy Togiai or a Haskell Garrett style. You may get that. But the triple-A gap blitz is not very common. So I'm not surprised early in the game why Justin Fields was rattled by that. But also, one thing that I noticed, when he does find a way to get away from the, the blitzer and the, and the, uh, the uh, guy trying to tackle him, he's constantly fighting for extra yardage. He's constantly fighting for extra yardage. And in doing that, he doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball away, and sometimes there were sacks that happened because of Justin Fields' desire to always get extra yardage. Another thing that I noticed that Justin Fields does a lot, <laughs> now you say, Jay, why, why are you being nitpicky with Justin Fields? Because we need to be. If you're, if you're not just a top recruit in high school, if you're transferring from Georgia to Ohio State to be the number one guy, if you had... A, the year that you had last year, coming into this year, you're expected to lead the Buckeyes to the national championship game by your fan base and many people in the media 
yeah, you need to be nitpicky. Because if you're not nitpicky, if you don't fix the little minute details, well, in the game, you're going to get embarrassed. It's going to be really, really bad. So we need to be nitpicky with him. One more thing that Justin Fields does quite a bit. I noticed this a couple times, not just with him staring down or sticking with with uh, Garrett Wilson. Well, I'll make this quick. What Two things. He, one, he fixates his eyes on a receiver and doesn't leave them. And he finds a receiver, Garrett Wilson, a couple times. When he catches the ball, when it gets into a rhythm, he just goes. He, he goes to them numerous times over and over and over, and the defense picks up on that. Think about early in the game. When I say early in the game, I mean the first couple drives that the Buckeyes had. Play number one, play action pass, deep pass to Wilson. Quick, got out quickly. Play number two, uh, play action pass again, touchdown Garrett Wilson. The very next drive, the very first play of the second drive of the game, no play action pass, Fields throws to Wilson, Alave was open, didn't look at him, throw the ball to Wilson, safety help over the top, interception. Holds on to the ball too long, and as well, just got stuck on one guy. As we continue this conversation, we got to take a break very quickly. When we come back, we will finish off this conversation about Justin Fields, the things he does well, and hopefully we see more of these things down the road. There's a good chance somebody listening to my voice right now loves energy drinks. Your Monster your Red Bull, whatever it is, you love them. Well, hey, guys, I have a solution for you that's healthier than those sugary drinks, and they're easy for you to access as well. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go Every Day. It's easy to take in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, that is L-O-C-K-E-D, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Welcome back. To the Locked On Buckeyes podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And as we continue this conversation about Justin Fields and the way that he can improve as a quarterback and what the coaches can do to help him be better as a quarterback, it all goes back to play number one, play number two, and play number three from the Buckeyes offense. Play number one, play action pass. Pass to Garrett Wilson, play number two, another play action pass, pass to Garrett Wilson, touchdown. Notice, there was no rush action. They were not running the ball prior to those plays. No, the opposing offense, excuse me, the opposing defense knew they had to honor and respect the Buckeyes rushing game. A lot of fans say the Buckeyes rushing game has been obsolete, it's been horrible, it's been atrocious. Honestly, it's just the opposite. It's more running back by committee style instead of one guy getting the bulk of the carries. Play number three from the Buckeyes offense. Here's where things got a little interesting. No rush, no play action pass, a simple drop back, a pass to Garrett Wilson, interception. Now one, he's over the same guy three times in a row. The defense will start to change and will start to slide and kind of mirror what he what that receiver is doing so that there are two guys defenders on that receiver another thing 
Later in the game, I believe it was in the third quarter, Justin Fields went under center. Now, Joel Klatt called this properly. You know, side note, I know a lot of people, when Tony Romo began, began calling games with Jim Nance, they strongly disliked him calling out the plays and saying what was going to happen next and the, and the tendencies of that offense. But when Joel Klatt did it, nobody really complained at all. I saw somebody say, hey, how is it the... The commentator that's with Gus Johnson knows all the Buckeyes' plays. I wonder if the D coordinator does as well. Well, I trust me. The Buckeyes' tendencies, I mean, you and I watch the game. You can figure out looking at the lineup half the time where the ball is going to go if it's going to be a pass or run. I mean, the tendencies are there. They're very consistent in what they do, a simplified style of offense. But, yes, very, very interesting. Without a rushing game, the Buckeyes early in the game utilize a play-action pass Four big gains. I would. I was expecting another play action pass during play number three. It didn't happen. Interception came up. Utilize the play action pass. Another thing that the Buckeyes can do to help Justin Fields be the best quarterback he can be is allow him to run the ball. Call designed runs. Allow him to utilize his arm and his leg so that the defense can't just say Justin Fields as a quarterback is not going to run the ball against us. He's going to sit back there, try to stay in the pocket, and try to just beat us with his arm, which he can do. He can do that very well. But when you have a weapon such as Justin Fields being a quarterback that can run the ball against anybody, why not utilize it? And I wonder, and this is something, as I'm thinking about it, this is not written down. All these things, everything I'm saying is off the top of my head. I try my best to memorize things here on the podcast. When I think about Justin Fields and his running ability and why he is not running the ball like he was last year, I know one thing as a coach, you don't want to lose your quarterback. Now, I do understand that if I, was a, if I were a coach, I would have the same mentality as far as in my head, I don't want to lose my quarterback and I want to protect him from himself. However, there are times, and it, it should have been done more, I believe, against Indiana. Justin Fields needs to run the ball. RPOs are simple read option plays where it's the running back and quarterback. The quarterback is reading the end man on the defensive line if he comes in. Quarterback keeps the ball. If he stays outside, hand off to the running back, run inside of him, get you some some yards, get upfield, get as many yards as you can. I understand the desire from Ryan Day to not utilize Justin Fields in that way as a runner to protect his body, not just for him at, at Ohio State, but possibly for the next level as well. And maybe, just maybe, the plays are calling is to help Justin Fields with his Film to say, hey, scouts, hey, coach in the NFL, I can do this very well. I can do that very well. But as we're seeing with the Buckeyes and with Justin Fields, him running the ball more is not a bad thing. He had two big long runs against the Hoosiers. I know, I believe one was, was a trip to pay dirt. Let the man run the ball. I understand as I know I'm not a parent, but I know as a, as a parent, you I believe a lot of people will want to guard their ch- their children. Some people want to uh, shelter their children to the point that they guard them and they shield them from everything bad in their eyes in the world. Hey, I, I'm not a parent. I'm just going off of things that I that I see and that I hear. I understand that. But at some point as a parent, you also know from things that I have heard, you got to let the kid free. You got to let them have fun. You got to let them enjoy life. 
and make their own mistakes. Well, Justin Fields, I think it's time for him. Just unleash him. Let him play quarterback. Let him run the ball. Call regular run plays. The read option or RPOs killed teams last year. The same should be done this year as well. RPOs is a vital part of this offense. And I believe it's something that you run them a whole lot more instead of just straight design runs. You'll see Trey Sermon take his game <laughs> to another level. You think Master T got a big game this past weekend. Imagine getting the RPO game going with Trey Sermon and getting that boy in his groove. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. You and I will come back here on the podcast and discuss the play of Trey Sermon and why we believe his play has gotten better and better and better week after week after week. Thank you so much for coming back and enjoying another episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You can always follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Buckeye. Remember, guys, five-star reviews, five-star reviews. Fill up the review section on Apple with five star reviews other places you can also listen to locked on buckeyes or spotify stitcher iheart radio just to name a few places that you can listen to and enjoy locked on buckeyes every monday through friday five days a week come back tomorrow we will not have beat rider wednesday tomorrow will be basketball wednesday as we talk about the buckeyes basketball season which baby it starts <laughs> Tomorrow.